The Peak Performance Mentor Podcast. The podcast for coaches and athletes where we talk about mentoring and developing athletes of significance. Each week we interview coaches, sports industry experts, and leadership gurus to mentor you beyond the X's and O's on your quest to achieve significance and peak performance in your personal life, professional career, and with the teams that you coach. The biggest problem of this whole thing, I believe, is ego. Parent parental ego, coaching ego, because it's all about winning and personal recognition. If you want to change this problem, the answer is simple. It's just not easy. We have to fo- we have to focus on building and creating champions, not winning championships. Our guest today is Tim Livingston. And Tim is one of my good buddies that's part of the Solving Soccer Alliance. I got to meet him when we first started the Solving Soccer Alliance. And Tim is a interesting gentleman. He has been in corporate America and back in 2011, he moved out of corporate America as he was starting to analyze the landscape of sports in America. And he really felt that he can make a greater impact on the lives of these young youth all across America. And so he started a company called Aces Nation. And with a lofty goal of changing the culture of youth sports and helping kids across the country, Aces Nation has evolved to expand into a company like no other. And when I mean no other, they are like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, it provides an, a, a platform to transform the future of lives and enrich the communities of the kids, the families, and help everybody that's involved in youth sports from the time they're in youth sports all the way up to the point of being in college. He has an incredible passion for life. He is driven by what he does, and he has just been a great friend of mine. And I, you know, we, this is the Peak Performance Mentor Show. Tim has also mentored me and been just someone I can lean on as a mentor. Tim, welcome to the show. Is there anything I missed? Is there something you can share with us about your personal life? You know, thank you first and foremost, Christian, for inviting me on. It's a, it really, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to do this. Um, no, I'd say the only thing is I started a little bit sooner than that when I left corporate America. I left in February 2008. Uh, believe it or not, it happened to be the, the month of my 40th birthday. So I felt like there was a, a change coming in my life, and it was time to make a big change, and, and that's when it happened. Uh, in terms of my personal life, you know, I, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I moved. I was born in Tampa, Florida, grew up in Memphis, but then went back to Tampa to play basketball and go to college at the University of South Florida. I met my wife first semester of freshman year. Uh, We got married two weeks after we graduated from college, four years later, and uh, we've been married now for almost 28 years. Got two kids, uh, 22 and 18. My 18-year-old's about to uh, head off into this college world. So I'm experiencing the whole college thing, you know, uh, once again from a parent's perspective, uh, not from a, uh, a business perspective. And, man, it's a whole different world doing it that way. And, and if I'm correct, your son is, is going to the University of Tampa. Is that right? That's correct. He'll yep. be going to the University of Tampa, UT Spartan. Yep, there, there you go. Well, Tim, let's hop right into the show, and let's start with our first half where we talk about mentors because we know that mentors really matter, and they help you expand your vision. And, and as I shared with you, I, I really do consider you one of the mentors. You've helped me look into things completely different as an entrepreneur. What I would like you to do is share with us maybe one or two of your mentors 
and how did they help you grow through their mentoring and or, or what was the one lesson that you might still live by from that particular mentor? You know, that's, that's one you really made me to have to think about. And I think um, really, Christian, I've, had, I've been blessed. I've had several mentors. At the time, you may not realize the kind of mentor that they are, uh, but as you look back, you're able to see things a lot more clearly. And I'll tell you that my, my first mentor, uh, I, I had a mentor in my teens, a mentor in my 20s, a mentor in my 30s, and, and now I kind of surround myself with not necessarily mentors per se. Um, I, I guess they are, but they're a group of very, very trusted advisors. So they kind of mentor me in different ways, you know, my go-to people. Um, but in my, in my teens and, and in my 30s would be the two that I would really hit on. Uh, in my teens, it was my junior Olympic coach. I played AAU basketball back then. We had junior Olympics and played on a really, really good team. Not that I was one of the really, really good players, but I was on a really good team. But my coach, his name was Otis Jackson. He was a young guy. He had played at Memphis State for four years, starting point guard, spent a little bit of time in the NBA. But we became like brothers. And not only did he, he you know, coach me and train me, we became friends. He spent off time with me, helping me to be better. He worked me. He taught me what work ethic really was. He taught me what it would take to compete. And, and, and that I think those lessons that you get when you learn how to compete and work hard to really compete at a high level, it transitions and transforms you to prepare you for everything else that you do in life. Uh, ultimately, he was in my wedding. I was in his wedding. And we're still, you know, close friends today. Um, it was a, a team that was built, I mean, for many years, I was the only white guy on the team for years. And uh, he taught me a lot of less lessons about life and, um, and, and integration and, and how, to, uh, how to be able to, you know, really be with people, you know, teammates and don't, non-judgmental and, and learn how to care for people and, and, and let those people carry you, care about you and carry you on their back and you carry them on yours, uh, a brotherhood, if you will. Uh, my other mentor was when I was in corporate America. I worked for a, a large uh, wholesale mortgage company that was part of GMAC. And my boss, she was about 20 years my senior, and her name was Judy Brennison. This lady was unbelievable. She was a pit bull. Uh, she was the sweetest thing, but she was tough as nails. And her and I worked directly. I ran all the sales for the organization. I was a the sales manager for three or four states, and she was the regional manager. So I worked directly under her. She had operations as well. And we would spend so much time together, and she would coach me and mentor me. Uh, she used to work for companies like GE and, and other, you know, uh, major, major corporations. So she brought a lot of Xerox, I believe. So she brought a lot of the corporate strategic learning, and she just embedded all that stuff. I was like her grasshopper, if you will. And uh, I absorbed everything that she did. She taught me how to balance the boundaries between being an entrepreneurial spirit and working in a corporate world where you have rules and regulations and boundaries. You know, how to balance those two to the best of your ability, how to push but not break, you know, those, those guidelines. And um, I think that, you know, if I took the one lesson, one life lesson that, that I got from her, that you're asking me about. She used to say to me all the time, we look reality in the eye and we do not flinch. 
and I have taken that life that lesson into my life. It is uh, when it's when it's personal challenges, whether it's business challenges, whether it's tr- you know tragic life events, whatever it is, you look reality in the eye and you do not flinch. And that's been a huge thing I've carried with me for many many years. Wow, what what a great quote! Uh, I, I mean, I can almost add that one right down into the quotes that we talk about in halftime. But there, there's a couple of things I, I wrote down as you were talking, and I, I want to just touch base on them a little bit, you know, just because I, I think it's important for, for our listeners to ask themselves these same questions. So one of the first things I wrote down is you often don't realize you have mentors in your life until later in life. What, can you maybe speak into that? What, what, what are those things, those triggers that you realize, man, this guy impacted my life, or this woman really impacted my life? What, are, what, what allowed you to, what brought you to the point to realize that in your life, that, that you had these young mentors throughout your, or these mentors throughout your entire life? Was it one yeah, thing? I think, well, I think that we, re- I think there's a couple things there, Christian. Number one, um, I think when you get caught up in success, uh, sometimes uh, when, you, when you are successful, you, you quite often think that you got there on your own. And I don't know a great per- a person who has done great things who has ever accomplished anything by themselves. And I think that at times when we have success, our egos get in the way. And we start to give ourselves more credit for things that are done than we probably should. Not that we don't deserve a pat on the back, and we did put in the work, but who pushed you? Who got you there? Who, who gave you those opportunities to make that happen? And I think that later on in life, uh, you know, they say that, uh, you know, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. right? Everything's yeah. clear in a rearview mirror. Well, when you start to look back, when you get older and you start to look back on your life, you can really connect a lot of dots and a lot of people to the phases and stages of your life where you were successful and, and or where you, wherever you were, in a high point or a low point, and then where did you go from there? And you will almost always find people that help you get out of that low point or get to a higher point. And I think that's how I was able to, to really recognize it. Right. Fantastic. So I, I want to go. I want to go to Coach. Oh, oh, just a second. Also, because this is what I wrote down. That is really for me. It's really important because I think that we come into a point of our life that number one, we've been mentored. But at what point do we become mentors? And I think that I think everybody has this opportunity to become a mentor. And what I really heard you say from Coach in what in those few minutes you talked about him is that mentors invest in your life. And that they, they are, they are, they, when you, when you have somebody that's investing in you, you need to ask your, you need to really sit back and say, man, this person, what can I learn? Because you're taking a lot of time right now to invest in me. Um, can you speak into that just a little bit? Yeah, I will. I think that, you know, you're right. There's only one thing you can never get back and that's time. So if someone is willing to give you their time and they focus that time on you your growth, your development, and your success, then you need to sit back and, number one, be incredibly appreciative for what they're giving you because they're giving you a gift. If they're bringing with that time wisdom, knowledge, experience, and you don't take advantage of it, then shame on you because they're giving you things that you would never find, never get, and never have if it weren't for them. They're investing in you. They're planting a seed in you. And I think that 
you know, sometimes we just don't acknowledge, we don't recognize that and we don't acknowledge it because I think in general, especially in the United States, but in general, we don't give enough value to time. We don't put a price yeah. on time. And, you know, whether it's in your business or whether it's in your daily life, you just say, oh, no, I can't afford that, but I'll go do this, this, and this. But the truth is your time has a value. And until we learn to give value to that time, then we're just wasting time. So if somebody's giving it to you and they're focused on you, take it and be so grateful for it because that is someone who cares about you. Uh, I'm, I'm writing this down, Tim, because this is so powerful. If you don't value time, you are wasting time. That's exactly right. And you'll never get it back. Uh, that is just that that I think that wraps up really what we're talking about is you know mentors are the ones that are giving you time they're, they're investing in you they're giving you that incredible gift and would you not say that being a mentor is just a, is just as much a gift when you can mentor to somebody absolutely absolutely I think you know um, there you know the poet Maya Angelou she says it was a quote that she would always say. I'm trying to remember it exactly right now. But basically she says, um, if you if you get oh my goodness gracious, I gotta I'll come back to it, Chris, and they'll come back okay. to me. But basically in general she's saying that, you know, you're gonna learn, but then once you learn, you have to teach. Right. And it is your responsibility to you know, to do that. But I think it, it it's what you said a minute ago. It really is about give and you shall receive. Give and you shall receive. And it's giving back and you're giving. Every time you're giving, you're getting back. And it's not tangible. It may not be in physical form or monetary form, but you're giving something and you're you're planting your seed, which ultimately becomes part of your legacy when you're no longer around. So what did you do with the gifts that you were given and that other people gave to you? Did you pay it forward? That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Hey, what a powerful first half. And before we go into halftime, I'm gonna we're gonna hear from our sponsors. Today's recruiting process is getting crazy. College Fit Finder is a solution. Let's be clear: grades and ability mean nothing if a college coach doesn't know who you are. You need to be proactive. Be relentless. Otherwise, someone else will be taking your spot. If the college coach doesn't know you exist, can they really be recruiting you? College Fit Finder provides solutions for high school students and their families to combat the obstacles faced during the college recruiting process. Volta has partnered with College Fit Finder on our Athlete of Significance Recruiting Education Program. Whether you use College Fit Finder through Volta or contract with them directly, they will provide you with the tools you need to navigate the recruiting landscape. Connect with them today to discuss your situation and the solutions that are available to you. Do you know Jake or someone like him? Jake is trying to run a soccer club and running a soccer club is a lot of work. Our volunteers have big hearts, but the paperwork, registration, phone calls, and customer service can be overwhelming. Jake needs help and SoccerOffice.com is here to help Jake, as well as all the listeners out there that are just like Jake. My friends at SoccerOffice.com 
run soccer for you so you can spend time on the field doing what you love, coaching the kids. Connect with Adam and Jamie at SoccerOffice.com and let them run soccer for you. At Volta, we use them for our office support. You'll be glad that you connected with them. You can connect with our sponsors on our website, voltacoach.com backslash podcast. Make sure to click on podcast details for each of the individual shows. Hey, Tim, as we uh, go back, as we go into the halftime, we like to do, we like to call these our speed round questions. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. they, they, they happen quickly. Sometimes they don't. But we do like to we like to hit on four quick questions that I, I think are really powerful questions even with short answers, because they really give insight for people. So our first question is, can you share with us a book or maybe a, a podcast or something that you're listening to or something you're doing right now that that is a favorite one of yours? Man, that is such a hard question. Um, <laughs> I mean, really. The uh, I, I, I wrote down a few things so quickly. So... I have two books that are, you know, there's so many great books that will help you in so many different ways, you know, whether it's self-development and self-improvement or your business or your, or your sport or whatever it is. Uh, but I think that for me, one of the best books is called The Alchemist. Um, the Alchemist is a book by, by a Brazilian author by the name of Paulo Coelho. I've read and it. The Alchemist. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know, it draw, it, it, and it's based on the fact that, you know, that life, that life is universal, but it's focusing on your personal legends or encourages readers to follow their dreams and that everybody has their own ultimate goal in life, but too many don't pursue it, right? So that's, that to me, I give that book to kids when they graduate from high school as a high school graduation gift. Uh, another phenomenal book is called Left to Tell. That's Left to Tell, and it's by a woman by the name of Immaculate Ilibagizia. And Immaculate is like a, a personal hero. For me, two years ago, I literally, I got to meet her in person for one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, it is a story of her survival with six other women in a four-foot by three-foot bathroom in 1994 during the Rwanda genocide. And she now works for the United Nations and she speaks all over the world. But to read that book, a riveting tale of someone's faith and and honestly, Christian, to be able to read a book like that and then meet the person and to know that no matter how bad your day is, no matter how bad your life gets, it could always be so much worse and that somebody went through something so much worse and they still came out on top. To me, that was, you know, that was huge. Um, podcast, uh, you know, my buddy Jeremy Boone at from Athlete by Design, he does the Coach Your Best podcast. Uh, he, he interviews author, authors and, uh, you know, best-selling authors and, and sports coaches and trainers and does an amazing job with that. Um, you know, quotes, I think quotes is one of your questions, right? Quotes yeah, is yeah. brutal, buddy, brutal, because there's so many great quotes. Right. Um, you know, I think uh, just grabbing a couple, you could grab almost any of them, but change your thoughts, change your life by Dr. Wayne Dyer. I would write this on the mirror on my son's bathroom. Uh, went during his high school career. Uh, change your thoughts, change your life. Uh, I think uh, another one is uh, the journey, a journey of a thousand steps begins with a single st- a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step by Lao Tzu. And uh, my number one probably thing I try to remind myself of every single day 
is um, uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. Great. How about how about a daily habit? I mean, <clears throat> when when I started this podcast, one of the things I really looked at and I started studying is now, who are some of my mentors, who are some of the people that have have really been successful, and I, I even like to take it to the next level, who have been significant in their life. I, I really I'm really hooked on this idea of, of of being significant in your life, and every single one of them had a daily habit. Do you, what is your daily yeah. habit that you follow? Yeah, I do. Um... And it's first thing in the morning is pretty much my daily habit because uh, my wife's a school teacher, so she's up and out early. My son's off to school first thing in the morning. So uh, believe it or not, I, I, one thing I do is I follow uh, a gentleman, the words of a former Navy SEAL Admiral, William McRaven. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he has a video on YouTube. He was a former commander of the U.S. Special Ops, uh, and one of the first, he gave a graduation commencement speech at the University of Texas in 2014. And he talked about the 10 things a single person could do to change the world. And the first thing he said was you make your bed every morning when you get up, the number one thing. And, and wow. believe, it or, believe it or not, I make my bed every day first thing in the morning because it will accomplish one task of the day. And right. once you accomplish one task, there's a greater probability that you'll accomplish another one and another one and another one. So I make my bed every day. Um, and I and every morning I immerse myself, and I do this all throughout the day, but especially in the morning, I immerse myself in positive, inspirational, motivational environment. Whether it be music, I'll turn on. I have a, a playlist of music that is filled with inspirational songs and/or motivational songs. I separate the two, and um, and I, I find books. I read the quotes. That's why I said it's so hard, so hard for the quotes. Or I'll look for stories that are motivational. Uh, you talked about movies earlier, and, you know, I'm big on, on true story movies. Uh, I'm very big on those because those drive inspiration uh, in me. So I'm very much all about in, immersing myself in positivity uh, and, and accomplishing things as quickly as I can during the day. Great. So here's, here's the last question of the speed round, and this is always one that I love to, I love to ask, is what is your measuring stick to achieve peak performance and significance in this season of your life right now? Wow, and that was a tough one. Um, you know, I, I kind of go back to my, my whole, what my goal, you know, you said what are your goals, and I I look at it, how many lives can I affect, influence, or change for the better? That's it. I mean, I, I just, every day I want to know, what can I do and what am I doing and what are we doing to help more people every day? And the more success I have in doing that, that's my measuring stick. Great, great stuff. I love it. And that wraps up our halftime. And prior to going into the second half, we're going to hear a little bit more from Volta. At Volta, we challenge teams and individuals to have the mindset that significance is far more rewarding than success. This paradigm shift is a game changer. The journey to success is always revealed through achieving significance. Over the last 20 years as a college coach, I've identified one profound statement to be true. One's true potential extends beyond the field. The journey of significance has compounding effects for teams, 
coaches, and athletes who desire to go beyond the X's and O's. Coaches and athletes who consistently exhibit the 12 traits of significance will always achieve peak performance. Talent certainly comes into play, but more importantly, being an athlete or a coach of significance will make a difference in you experiencing the ultimate level of satisfaction through sports. Both the solutions include multifaceted leadership and personality assessments, dynamic and engaging e-learning platforms, and coaching and mentorship programs designed to stretch and grow the authentic leader in you. By bringing over 1,000 hours of experience in leading workshops, seminars, and keynote speaking, Volta's programs are easy to implement, can be completed on your time schedule, and are customized to fit your budget and team size. You will notice an immediate and significant improvement in your teams. It's time to step up your game. For once you've tasted significance, success will never satisfy. Tim, let's go into the second half, and the second half is is really where I love to, to hear the stories because I think these are the most powerful stories, and it's where we talk about embracing failure. You know, Thomas Edison, my my little son, he loves to invent things. He loves he's always inventing things, and he came home one day and shared with me, you know, Dad, Thomas Edison never failed. He just found a thousand ways that didn't work. And what I'd love for you to share with us, with our listeners, is where have you had to embrace failure? and turn that into stepping stones for you to become significant in your life. Hmm. You know, I had to think about this because probably so many failures. <laughs> and I, the first thing I'll say about failures before, before I give you a story is that I think that um, we've lost that. You know, there's such a huge question, uh, Christian, and most of the people will tell you and people you have on your, thing, on, on your podcast or they have many failures and those spawn success. But if you look out at our youth today and our culture, especially our sports culture, even our parenting culture, um, we don't allow or we don't want our kids to fail. They're not allowed to fail in school because everybody has to have straight A's because if I don't have straight A's and I don't have great grades, well, you're not going to get into college. So there is no failure allowed. There is no C allowed because it's too low of a grade. When you play, you know, on a, so on an elite soccer club, you can't be average. You have to be great. And, heck, in today's environment, you have to be great from a parent perspective, even if you're 8 or 10 or 12. You know, parent kids will score a goal, and then the next, thing, next week they play and they didn't score. Or they're average two or three goals, you know, when they play on the short field with, with small goals. And now all of a sudden, next week you don't score any, and your mom says to you, what was the matter with you today? You didn't score any goals. Well, how are these kids in our world today going to ever find and achieve success if they do not find and, and accept failure and then learn how to bounce back, persevere, and, and, and really come back stronger off of that failure? You know, the rapper Jay-Z says that uh, he never learned anything from success. He only learned everything through his failures. But I think that's a big problem that we're going to have to address in our culture. Uh, that's just my aside. You know, I, I, most of my failures came from, from significant personal challenges, you know, in my life. Uh, they were, at, I think when you look back, sometimes there are just times in your life uh, that you end up in those failures or, and, and, or, excuse me, with those failures. But some of them are challenges and some of them are, are, are tragedies. Um, you know, I had, there were times that my failures where I went to work for a certain company 
And the company I went to work for was a software company, and I, and I went to work there because the industry I was in before had gone under, or the company had gone under. I, went, I needed a job. It was a, a well-paying job. But I, I took that job because of the money. And I learned real quick. I stayed there for two years, but I learned. But I was not successful. I was not good at what I was doing. I was not nearly living up to my potential. And I realized that my heart wasn't in it. I was doing it for the money, but my heart wasn't in it. And I think that taking the failure of that situation and recognizing that the only thing that was going to matter is when you find whatever you're going to do has to have passion. And if you don't have passion in what you do, then you're never going to find the kind of happiness and the the kind of success that you're looking for. My other failure happened when I was in the mortgage industry, and and we were very good. And I ran a $2 billion sales division. And I was the only guy to be sales manager of the year five years in a row in the history of the company. And I let success get to my head over a period of time. And my ego got too big. And I think that I, what I learned from that is that when I left that, your ego, my ego disappeared because I had to start from scratch. And that's when I started, you know, ACES back, back then in 2008. And it actually started before we called it ACES. It actually started as, uh, as something else. And it was a recruiting platform and a recruiting service. And we built it up to ACES several years later. But the point is, that my failure was allowing my ego to get too big. My failure was a lot, was doing things without passion or heart in them. And I think that those are two of the biggest lessons I've taken with me the rest of my life is I can't do something I don't believe in. I have to find my passion in order to find my purpose. And I have to leave my ego out of it. And ego, to me, stands for edging God out. So if I am only thinking about me, thinking about what I want, what I need, what's going to benefit me, what's going to benefit my household, that's when failure will ultimately kick in because my ego is taking control. Instead of focusing on what I'm going to do for others and how I'm going to help those people, and then I'll be successful by helping other people be successful. Wow. (laughs) I mean, Tim, you you said a lot in there that was so powerful, and it, I want to I want to go back to the where you started for just a minute because I I I think I actually experienced this and not realizing I experienced it until you said something and this idea that we've lost the idea of embracing failure that you know and and this is a major problem that we have right now within the sports world specifically within the youth sports world and. I, I was out recruiting this last weekend and, and also helping the soccer club that I work with uh, at a tournament and realized that these young kids played four games in less than 24 hours just for the idea that they could make the playoffs. And if they didn't make the playoffs, then they made a consolation game so they could have one more game that they had a chance to be able to win. It, it, there was nothing about the experience that they got to have. It was all about... What can we do to make sure that we produce winners no matter what happens? Right. And, oh, that, I mean, that, is, that is a that is an, that's an issue that we're facing, and um, how do we change that? I think the, the way it, it has to change in multiple directions, Christian, but it, 
the biggest problem of this whole thing, I believe, is ego. Parent, parental ego, coaching ego, because it's all about winning and personal recognition. And if you want to change this problem, the answer is simple. It's just not easy. Right. We, have to fo- we have to focus on building and creating champions, not winning championships. That's the difference. Because winning championships is about a destination. It's not about a journey. Building champions is lifelong. They can transition into any other profession in their lives and be champions because they take with them what it is that they do, and not what they do, but how they do what they do. Our kids today, our youth today, because of the, we have challenges of depression, we have teen, uh, teen suicide, we have all these different issues that are taking place in our country right now, and a big part of that is identity crisis. And we have become so specialized and so focused on sports the pressure we have put on kids is immense beyond belief. And that immense pressure then focuses those kids on thinking about they are what they do, not they are how they do what they do. And when we teach them and when we change that mindset right there and we teach them that, hey, you are all about how you do things, not what you do. Because if you're an elite soccer player, and you got a private coach, you play in a club, you play DA, you do whatever you do, you go, you go, you play four games on the weekend. At some point in time, Christian, you're going to stop playing soccer. Yep. Now, you're going to stop at 13, 15, or 17. You're lucky you're going to stay until you're 19 or 21. And then, at the end, I mean, you're really, really lucky if that happens. But you're going to stop playing. And if you've designated in your mind and identified yourself as a soccer player and you're no longer a soccer player, then who are you? And I'm telling you, there is a real correlation here between what we have going on in our society and these these thoughts that we're, you and I are discussing right now. Yeah. I, I think you hit it on the head right right where you're at is you know, we need to build championships, champions not winning championships. And you know, I, I'm often talking about right now that we need to stop striving for success but strive for significance. Um, I, I think we're, that's what we're talking about is it goes beyond the winning. The, the, it does. The, 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 winning, the, winning, the winning is, is becoming the, the byproduct, and that's not what we want. You know, it, it should really be about the process that we're going through because it's through the process that everything really happens. That's exactly right. And, and we're, it's semantics, but we're speaking the same language, you know? Yep. Yep. At the end of the day, the journey has to become the destination. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think you've opened us up to go into the locker room, and our locker room is what we like to call our legacy questions. And, again, I go back to, to the people that I've, that I've learned from, the people that have had a significant impact on my lives, and they've left a legacy. They want to leave a legacy. They want to they share their message with the world because <clears> their <throat> message matters. So can you share with us what was what maybe an aha moment that and you you've already hit a couple of them but give me a give me that real one aha moment that changed your trajectory in your life hmm. um wow there's a few um one of them which I didn't write down funny enough was um when I decided not to continue my college basketball career that was a big turning point in my life because I got caught in the coaching change, and I made the, the conscious decision 
I was asked to come back, but I told him I, I decided not to. So I chose not to finish my college career as a basketball player. I recognized that I wasn't going to play in the NBA, and, you know, what was the point at that point in time? And uh, so that was a big aha moment because that then thrusted me directly into that whole self-identity thing that I just, you know, mentioned to you. Um, I think that there's also a couple aha moments, but I think they all happen at times of personal you know, personal challenges or tragedies. I really do believe that. So in my life, uh, you know, as a parent, I've had a lot of personal tragedies through my, you know, with both of my kids. Um, they both either struggled, one with, you know, some mental and emotional challenges and another one through physical illness. And um, most recently, as you know, Christian, I lost my brother and sister-in-law a few months ago in a tragic car accident. But I think that those aha moments for me, those were aha moments, all of them, because it forced me to reevaluate my priorities in life. It helped me to learn to really worry about what I can control and, and not what I don't worry about what I can't control and focus on what I want my legacy to be. Because I'll tell you, until you stand at the podium and you have to give some type of eulogy for someone close in your life, it forces you to think about who's going to say something about me and what are they going to say? And it changes everything. Right. It really does. So those aha moments for me all come from personal challenges and tragedies, but they're not always bad. We all have crosses to bear. My buddy Jeremy always says, everybody's fighting a battle you know nothing about. We all have them, but it's not that they're all bad. They're challenging and they're horrible at that time, but it doesn't mean you're not going to come out better and stronger once you get through them. Great. So let's let's go into the next question, which is a legacy question, and I, I just this is this is one of my favorite questions that that I get to ask my listeners. What do you know that we need to know in order to grow? What do I know? Um, when you find your passion, you'll find your purpose. And when those two combine with a pure intention to help and serve others and not on what you want to gain from it you're for yourself, that's where you will find success and happiness. Good stuff. That is, that's great stuff. So as we go into the post-game show, Tim, you, you shared a lot about really what your purpose and your passion is, and that is with Aces Nation. And can you share with uh, our listeners where they can go to learn more about you, where they can find out some stuff about what Aces Nation is doing, because it's an extensive list of, of how you can service the youth sports market and really help make an impact from from playing to family resources to educational resources. I mean, they, these folks, these guys have it all. Where, where can we learn more about ACES Nation? Well, I appreciate that, Christian. Thank you very much. And um, I would say, you know, the best two places for us are on our website, which is uh, acesnation.org. And I would also encourage anybody that's on Twitter, I really would encourage people to follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Athlete Educator. And I think that, you know, what I, what I post out there is a lot of just educational content that is good for parents, players, and coaches. 
Uh, it's not a lot of, you know, garbage and a lot of personal thoughts uh, per se. It's just I try to provide real, valuable, helpful content. And I think that if they were to follow me there, that would help them, you know, help them uh, every once in a while with things that they need. Okay. So, and, and folks, you can go to you can go to our website uh, at voltacoach.com and go to the podcast, and you can get all the podcast details. You can get the highlights of what we've talked about. I'll put links to acesnation.org on there. I'll put a link to the athlete educator on Twitter, on that uh, up on the on our main page where you can do it. We uh, we have actually just uh, been picked up by Spotify also, so you can now f- catch uh, the. Peak Performance Metric Podcast on Spotify. So we're excited about being able to reach a larger audience uh, through some of the new platforms that are happening out there. Tim, I, I just want to thank you for taking the morning to spend with me on the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast. Uh, I really do value um, our relationship that we've forged over the last uh, you know, 9 to 12 months. I, you, know, you really helped me in, in, to rethink how I am approaching being this entrepreneur in the world of sports. And, and really bringing significance back into the world of sports. And it was just great to, to chat with you about, you know, your passion. And, and I could hear, I could really hear it in your voice that you really want to want to help and make a change in what's happening with youth sports. So thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, Christian, thank you for having me. I, I value the relationship just as much. And I, I really, really, like I said, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to, uh, to be on your podcast. And, Thank you very much for even considering me to do so. I hope it uh, I hope it helped, and I hope that somebody gets something out of it uh, that might help them. But I really appreciate you, you know, giving me the chance to to speak my mind. And for our listeners out there, we'd love for you to like and share our podcast show with your friends, with your with your colleagues, with your family members, with your teams, because. What we do know is that there is an opportunity for everybody to reach their peak performance through significance in sports. And our guests are showing you that path. This has been the Peak Performance Mentor Podcast, where each week we look forward to mentoring you to discover significance and realize that your own peak performance extends beyond the field. The Peak Performance Mentor Podcast is brought to you by Volta, where athletes of significance are born. Learn more about the Volta programs, the Athlete of Significance Recruiting Education, the Athlete of Significance Coaching Education, the Athlete of Significance Sports Camps, and the Athlete of Significance Mission Trips at our website, www.voltacoach.com backslash AOS.